Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Timber Living Log Cabins. For your perfect workspace, living space or hideaway, timberliving.ie. Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1. Okay, I'm joined now by Dr. Sinead Byrne, who is a GP in Dublin, but and at the St. Vincent's Hospital Headache Clinic. Welcome, Sinead. Thanks, Brendan. And we're going to talk about migraines and headaches in general a bit. Uh, A huge issue for so many people. And you're also happy to do your best to field listener questions and queries, aren't you? Yeah, I'd be delighted to. Yeah, so people can text us at 51551. Um, Okay, Sinead, before we get to migraine... Your basic non-migraine headache, why do we get them and what should we do about them? Yes, there's two different, uh, I suppose, categories of headaches. One is called primary headache. So that's your migraine, your tension headache and cluster. If you've ever heard of cluster, it's known as the suicide headache in that it is an absolutely excruciating and known to be the worst headache you could ever experience in your life. We don't see many people like that, but they're the three primary headaches and then you get headaches for other reasons we call them secondary headaches so maybe if your blood pressure is too high if you're actually really sick if you've got meningitis if there's something serious wrong obviously people worry about brain tumours you know or or a haemorrhage in the back of your brain. These are often reasons people will go to casualties. That's the secondary cause. So as in, it's not the headache itself that's causing the pain in your head, but some other reason that you're not actually physically well and therefore you're getting a headache. So it's always important to distinguish between that. And that's what makes people worried sometimes if they get a first headache and they're worried, oh my gosh, do I have a a brain haemorrhage? Is there something really serious going on? uh, So often it ends up being migraine, by the way, but um, that's what often (coughs) drives people to go to casualty, you know, that they have never experienced anything so bad. Okay. In general, with a headache, <coughs> excuse me, I, is, is it trite to say that a drink of water will often sort you out? Yeah, well, you're, you're probably on the money there, Brendan, particularly if it's sort of somebody's dehydrated, maybe they're hungover. Um, and, and yeah, like a tension headache, typically you hydrate yourself and go out for a walk. That's, you know, typically a tension headache. But for somebody with migraine, it, that's just yeah. not going to cut the mustard generally. And you'll know by looking at them that there's something much more uh, going okay. on there. So just before we get to the migraine then, how do we know if we're in trouble or not with a headache? Like whether it's a serious thing yeah, that could be a, a hemorrhage. So if it's, you know, if you don't generally get headaches and this is a, a first headache and you've never experienced anything like it, that's that would be a, an alarm bell. If you're over 50 or if it's somebody who's under five years of age, again, if you're somebody who never got headaches and suddenly you've got this severe headache and you're over 50, then I would absolutely take heed. If you're feeling just unwell, like you have a temperature, you're not feeling well in yourself. But for somebody that typically will get headaches, they'll know if it's a similar pattern and we're not so worried about people like that. Um, so, so yeah, and, and particularly the one we worried about is a thunderclap headache, which is like somebody's hit you with a, a baseball bat at the, the back of your head. So that level of severity, you absolutely need to go to casualty for something like that. You know, and we often we oversend. So as a GP, if somebody's presenting, even though I think this is probably a first presentation of a migraine, if it's out of the blue and there isn't a family history, I will often send them to the emergency room to get scanned just to make sure it's not the, the 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 rare thing that we worry about, like a hemorrhage or something like that. Okay. And once that's out of the way, then, you know, it, the diagnosis becomes clearer. OK, but that is rare. OK, yeah, so what's a migraine then? So migraine is a complex neurological condition. Um, it's absolutely not just a headache. Um, so there's a huge amount going on. It's an, having an overly sensitive brain. So basically... 
Um, somebody that suffers with migraine, w- once they get a headache, their brain becomes activated, sensitised, and there's a whole cascade of events that involves the peripheral nervous system being stimulated, activating the central nervous system. And this is deep within the brain and it triggers a cascade of molecules and and uh, and vascular uh, symptoms uh, and, and and it's very complex um, and that's essentially it. It's often inherited. 60% of people that get migraine have a mum or a dad okay. or a, a brother or a sister or an aunt or an uncle that get migraine. So there's a genetic element as Is well. Is it more common in women as well? Yes, absolutely, Brendan. So uh, three times more common in women than men, particularly in those years from uh, 15 to about 49. So particularly once women start getting periods, it's the hormones basically. Um, before that, actually, boys and girls are very even. They will still get migraine. Even children get migraine and often it gets misdiagnosed as just a, a tummy pain or a bit of anxiety when so, in fact it yeah. could actually be migraine. Explain that stomach migraine yeah. in kids because you hear more and more about it. Yeah, it just, again, it's a, it's a, neuro, it's a complex neurovascular um, uh, process, but it actually presents uh, typically with uh, tummy pain in a child and you often don't think of it, you're thinking as a constipation, are they a little bit anxious? But, you know, the, the gut and the brain are very linked. Um, in fact, we know during migraine, the gut doesn't work very well. It doesn't absorb food very well. We know that there's nausea and vomiting and it doesn't actually absorb medicine very well. That's why we always tell people to take something like a motilium to settle their tummy so that all the medicines work. So brain and Brain and um, gut are very linked and particularly if somebody's about to do an exam and they're anxious or nervous, it'll often, somebody will have to go to the toilet. The gut starts acting up. They're very linked. Okay. Um, and that's probably why. And, and obviously a child doesn't know what's going on, but they know there's something wrong with their tummy and it's a re- very real thing. And we do put children on medicine um, and we do put them on preventatives if they're really plagued by it because it can affect their performance and their functioning just as much as adults. So before we get to medicines and treatment, then it does feel like everybody knows their own migraine like that it's it's a mysterious beast that differs with different people and different symptoms absolutely different ways of starting and stuff yeah it does and you know some people are very tuned into the fact that they know there's a migraine coming there's a thing called a prodrome so in the day maybe before the migraine the pain of the head happens They'll maybe start yawning. They'll be a bit irritable. They'll start craving certain foods. And sometimes their family will be able to tell them that they're getting a migraine before they actually get one. Um, And then some people get aura. um, And the aura is often a a visual distortion. It's a a neurological process that lasts for about an hour. So some people get this, about 30% of people will get aura. So their vision goes blurred. Maybe they have a weakness on one side of their body or they have pins and needles. And then that's followed by the headache, which is typically that one side of your head throbbing, pulsating pain that makes somebody want to go down and lie down in bed and pull all the curtains and stay in a dark room. And sometimes and, and they're often nauseated and, and can often vomit as well. And, and that goes on maybe typically for 24 hours, but can go on for three days. And then after the whole event has passed, they feel exhausted for another day or two. OK, and a so it's bit washed quite out. debilitating. Oh, very. It's yeah. the second probably leading cause of disability worldwide is migraine. So, yeah, not just a normal headache at all. So what are the treatment options? So some some very simple things um, can work for people. Uh, we often say to take a cocktail. So if you can tolerate aspirin, um, high dose aspirin, that's 900 milligrams. So three disprin you can get in your local supermarket or across the counter. Um, you can now get migraine specific medications called 
tryptans, so sumatriptan, you can get it across the uh, counter again in a pharmacy um, and paracetamol, two paracetamol. The really important thing to say is people should not self-medicate for migraine uh, more than six days per month. If you do, you run the risk of having a thing called medication overuse headache. Yeah. And a lot of people that come into the clinic in St. Vincent's and all the clinics will end up taking Salpidine, Nurofen Plus. They've, they've been self-medicating in order to treat their headaches. And what started off as an infrequent migraine becomes yeah. a, a daily headache, which is a, a complete disaster. It's a huge disability, so they can't get rid of their headaches. The painkillers that they took initially have actually caused them to have daily headache. So it's a big no-no, anything with codeine in it. And even innocent paracetamol, you really should not use it more than six days in the month. Now, it's totally different if it's a, an elderly person who's arthritis in their knees. If they don't get migraine, then they're safe to take paracetamol daily. Okay. But someone who has a migraine-sensitive brain needs to avoid uh, acute medications uh, any more than six days uh, per month, apart from one drug, which is naproxen which your okay. doctor can prescribe and you can use that 10 days in the month without causing that problem. So if people have an occasional migraine yeah. that they manage themselves, Yeah, that's absolutely that's fine. fine. Up so to six it, days, no problem. Okay, so six days a month, is you're into chronic then, is that right? Well, if you take painkillers more than six days per month, you run the risk of getting a daily headache. Okay. It gradually sneaks up over time. So yes. then, you, so go to the doctor if you feel yeah, that. Yeah, and really you need yeah. to be put on a preventative. So something like uh, a blood pressure tablet that we know. these All these drugs were found by accident. Uh, someone was put on blood pressure tablets and they realised their migraines became less frequent. They were put on antidepressants uh, years ago and they realised their migraines were, were less uh, frequent again. So we can use all these drugs very simple, low doses often will get somebody out of trouble and uh, reduce the frequency. So they don't need to take those frequent painkillers across the counter and they end up having way less headaches and it's all very manageable. OK, now, a lot of the questions are around um, migraine and menopause. I'm getting them oh, yeah. two, three times a month, says somebody due to perimenopause. Consultant thinks HRT will sort this. Yeah, it can help HRT. Initially, when you when you take HRT, it can actually increase the frequency of uh, migraines. And probably the best form of HRT for migraine is the one that's in the patch. So you can get HRT in a patch rather than a tablet. And that's a more smooth absorption of medicine. You get a, um, a set amount. The lowest dose, the better. But it, it certainly can help some people. And you don't really know until you try. So trial and error, you know, and, and okay. sometimes you have to swap them around. And, and the good news is that after menopause, you Usually women are liberated from migraine. Once the hormones stay even, uh, you know, the, the migraine often goes, apart from chronic migraine, they're the people who get daily headaches. They are often plagued even into their 70s and 80s. Um, and actually pregnancy is uh, freedom from migraines for a lot of women as well, particularly the second and third trimester when the hormones are even. And we can manipulate hormones um, as well, put people on the pill, get rid of periods by running packets back to back. So, you know, the hormones, even though they're, they're our enemy, we can actually target them and manipulate Manipulate them okay. to get rid of that trigger, which is uh, the hormones going up and down in the normal menstrual cycle. Someone else asking about acupuncture or EMDR? Yeah, EMDR. Now, uh, it could be a neuromodulator device. Um, there are lots of kind of safe, non-medical um, things that you can try. Acupuncture can work for some people. Okay. Um, there, so I would say, again, it's very individual um, it can also be a stress reducer and, and stress is the biggest trigger for migraines. So I think 
um, that can be a factor. And probably just looking at simple lifestyle, go to bed at the same time every day, get up at the same time every day, make sure you have breakfast, lunch, dinner and healthy snacks. So any gap of too long between meals is a trigger. Okay. Oversleeping so, or no, undersleeping. Right. The, so just the, the simple things yeah. before even hitting the hard, the, the drugs. People kind of say about the triggers though, stop blaming me for my migraine. You know, if, yeah. if you kind of look for... Is, is there a reason that you're... I know. It's yeah. really, you know, it's really tough, particularly if somebody's in their teens or 20s to kind of say to them, actually, you need to go to bed at 10 o'clock every yeah. night and you need to get up at 8 o'clock every morning and you need to do that Saturday and Sunday. I mean, I, I think that's that's a tough pill to swallow. So exact regular sleep. Uh, yeah, regime. regularity is your friend, you know, and, and th- I mean, there are friends of mine who get migraine and they will say, look, I actually am going out that night yeah, it's, a, it's going to be a trigger to bring on a migraine the next day, but I'm going to make sure that I get up at a certain time and eat so that at least I don't have a sleep in on top of it and the blood sugars are low. So if one of your, if you've one trigger, make sure that you don't have anything else. Make sure that you're not really stressed out and that you've missed a meal. So if you know that you're not going to, you're going to undersleep, try to make up for it and that you've got some snacks with you and you're not letting your blood sugars run low and you don't have anybody stressing you out or, 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 or a big stressor because all you need is two triggers really to bring you over the threshold to, to have a migraine. You can probably, your body can cope with one trigger. Okay. But two together and you've pretty much you've gone over the threshold. And, and once that cascade of events happens in your brain, there's no turning back. You have to kind of ride the storm. You're in it then. You're right. in it. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you can take the drugs to, to reduce it and, and function as well. I get dizzy spells in my eyes and then very bad headache every few weeks. Um, what could it be? That's from Oliver and me. Is this migraine? Yeah. So every few weeks. Yeah, it sounds suspicious for migraine. So there's, you know, it's the... The fact that it, it occurs with a bit of a pattern um, that sounds suspicious um, for migraine, which is probably good in that it's treatable. Um, you can get a sense of imbalance with migraine. Um, so I think he should go to his GP and get a proper history. He should take a headache diary um, and and try and pinpoint it to uh, what time in the month is it happening? Is it every is it twice a month? Um, is it happening after he does exercise? Is he actually, has he had his breakfast? So headache diary will give a huge amount of information okay, to the doctor. Okay, that's a great idea, yeah. Yeah, and you can kind of gather a lot of information that way. Come here. Can you ask about chronic headache during COVID and lingering for weeks after? I think a lot of people yeah. felt that. And ears and stuff yeah, as well. Was yeah, all kind of people's COVID headache, bit, absolutely. Yeah. And anyone who already had migraine that ended up um, getting COVID you know, had a particularly rough time and any of the patients in the hospital that came into me, you know, had said that their migraine was was pretty horrific in that time. Um, now, funny enough, it, with COVID, some of the migraine sufferers actually uh, overall, from a lifestyle point of view, had a better time because there was more flexibility with their work and mm-hmm. um, they could kind of regulate things a little bit more at home. They didn't have the stress of having to go into the workplace. Um, but, but COVID, we know there's a headache with COVID and sometimes people who never had migraine before got COVID and and maybe now have migraine and get a migraine every so often. Um, and then when you look at the family history, there is probably somebody, there's a sister, there's a brother, there's a mother. It, you know, the predisposition okay, so was, was there. there. Asleep. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, th- there is a, a question here I, about a person who gets an aura, but it does not. It happens quite often. Yeah. doesn't precede a headache. 
Should I be worried about it? Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, it's, you can get exactly, that is migraine without a headache. So that's why migraine, people think migraine is a headache. You don't even have to have a headache. You can have that thing called an aura, which is a visual distortion uh, that can last up to an hour, but it can also be numbness of your mouth. It can be difficulty with speech, getting the words out, difficulty with language, and all of those things last up to an hour. But I would certainly be going to the GP and being referred for an MRI brain just to make sure that their, you know, the brain looks normal and it's probably aura. And actually men that get migraine, they tend to get rid of the headache. And when they're over 50, they just get an aura. So it's sort of a bizarre thing. They might be out playing golf and they'll get visual distortion that'll last up to an hour or they've difficulty getting words out that'll last up to an hour. It's very kind of unnerving, but they know what yeah. it is usually. Okay. So they're not having yeah. a stroke. Yes, basically. and they often yeah. think that yeah. they're maybe having a stroke initially, but then they realise actually, okay, it's an aura. They've usually spoken to the GP, maybe got an MRI brain, and they don't get headache. They just get an aura randomly, probably because they've overslept, underslept, you know, not had their breakfast. Similar triggers. But okay. Is that, actually, a, silent, they don't mind is that a silent migraine? Um, the aura. Yeah, it's well, it just it just is migraine. It's part of it's just okay. the same thing, uh, Brendan. And actually, when you look at brain scans of people who have migraine, they're often not normal. There are little white spots on the brain. And I often show brain scans that I'm not 100 percent sure of to Professor Toberty, who's the head of the neurology department. And I'm like, are you happy enough with this? There's lots of white spots here. Mm-hmm. And he'll say, look, repeat in a six months or whatever. And if it's stable, it's fine. But so often little white spots, it is their little attacks on the brain, every migraine attack. And it's not surprising okay. when you see what happens to the person that often the, the, the brain scan does not look normal. You see lots of little white spots. And actually it, there is a slightly increased risk of stroke down the line. Now, I wouldn't be alarmist about that because we have people going around that are very overweight and smoke and we don't go around poking them in the belly saying you have an increased risk of stroke and they're probably a greater risk than someone that gets migraine, but particularly someone that gets migraine with aura, it's very slight increased risk of stroke. So it's not, it certainly is not nothing. It's, 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 you know, there's a lot going on. Jim in Louth is 38. He says, I wake up with a headache most mornings. Why okay. would this be? It doesn't sound good. So, does. no, it doesn't sound good. I mean, he is young, so that's a bit reassuring. But in the history, I'd be asking him, did this start one particular day where he never got a headache and then one morning he woke up and from that day onwards, he had a headache every day? And if so, that would be new daily persistent headache. And uh, he does need... He needs absolutely to go into the doctor. doctor. He needs to get a brain scan and he needs to get the correct diagnosis. And it basically, even if that's new daily persistent headache, if it has migraine features, it's treated like a migraine and he'd need to be on prevention. And absolutely, he needs to stop any paracetamol, codeine medicines. Uh, He shouldn't be taking painkillers more than six days per month because that could be feeding his problem as well. But he needs to go to the doctor. Yeah. Someone says here, I went to a doctor many years ago. He told me to avoid banana, peanuts, cheese, chocolate, Mm -hmm. ham, pork, soft drinks. Yeah, 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 really? yeah, there, yeah. Citrus fruits. Um, th- there's a, a list of things: grapefruit, bananas. Correct. But actually, um, we've blamed a lot of foods for migraine, and now we understand that that thing I mentioned. You know, the prodrome, which is say the day before somebody gets a migraine, they often crave carbohydrates, so they could be craving peanuts, craving citrus fruits, 
and it's actually part of their craving. And then we blame those foods to say that it was actually the banana that caused the migraine when in okay. fact it was just a strange it craving. It just happened at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Um, ju- just finally, um, a few questions about a new treatment called mono- monoclonal oh, yeah. antibodies. We love the monoclonal antibodies, yeah. yes. Um, so they are prescribed from tertiary centres, so a hospital. So you have to be referred to a hospital. The only way you can access them in Ireland is if you have chronic migraine um, and, and they're available through the drug payment scheme or if you have a medical card, if you meet the criteria. So you need to have migraine uh, eight days per month and then 15 or more days of headache you need to have tried three different preventatives so there are things like the blood pressure tablet the antidepressant medication um, and some of the anti-epileptic medications you need to have tried three for usually three months each have failed those and have the chronic migraine and then we can get access to it we apply through the HSE and they are absolute miracle drugs that reduce the frequency um, about, by about 60% people will say that they have their life back they can meet their friends um, they're fantastic, you know, okay. and, and we also have Botox, uh, which is similar, strict criteria to kind of get access to it. OK, really briefly, we've about 30 seconds left. A good few people asking about perfumes triggering migraine, light yeah. triggering migraine. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Again, overly sensitive brain. So if, uh, that the light is the photosensitivity. People go around with sunglasses, with polarised kind of lenses to prevent that. And absolutely, uh, so it's called uh, osmophobia, where you, the smells, paint, perfume, all of that. Absolutely. It's, uh, I've, I, I, I mistakenly sprayed perfume when I went into the headache clinic once and I never did it again, can I just say, because I upset a lot of people and it hasn't happened in many years. So I don't, I actually don't get a chance to spray perfume. I either trigger my husband's asthma or I upset a patient. So okay. <laughs> unfortunately, I, I just... Listen, it's, it's not a mysterious practical. beastie on migraine, it isn't really it? It really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sinead absolutely. Byrne, GP in, uh, in Dublin and at St. Vincent's Hospital Headache Clinic. Thank you very much for that. Listen, there's loads, loads more questions. So yeah. maybe we'll come we'll back come to this back another again. day. It's so common. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks a million, Sinead. Thanks.